This is Ball Blob Episode 7. I talked to Nate about the Red Sox month of June and how they can improve in the coming months. Hello and welcome back to Ball Blab. I'm Nate. And I'm Jason. So Nate, June is officially over for the Boston Red Sox. We are filming this episode on June 30th. And the Red Sox, as of yesterday, have played their last game against the Toronto Blue Jays, which was a pretty scary game to say the least, Nate. Yeah, they hung on to win, and with them hanging on to win, they went 20-6. and six. And I think the question, I think that raises the question, after this month, is this team for real? Yes, I have the exact same question as you. And my first instinct is to say, we'll see. And if I had to give an answer right now, I'd say yes. This team is very much capable of, you know, contending against this division. But as we see time and time again, we're in July. And Nate, the Red Sox have not won a single series versus the American League East. That includes the last place Orioles, who are surprisingly not even below 10 games above five, below 500. Yeah. And then you have a few series against the Rays and the Yankees coming up. Yeah, it's nothing but so. the Rays and Yankees coming up in July. So, I mean, this team's looked way way better in june they've honestly looked incredible in june but like you know the play against the division is really going to dictate everything and it's nothing but that so like we'll see but like going back on the month like they truly played great baseball their record was 20 and 6 um like they just really won series after series i mean they they were hitting well the the starting pitching was awesome. I mean, like, you know, you got some, you really showed some depth with some guys who going down on the injured list, but, you know, the replacements like Ref Snyder and, and Winkowski and Franchi Cordero playing great baseball. So they were, it was really fun to see, and they were a very fun team to watch in June. I know, and I was talking with Nate before this episode, and I, I said to him, the Red Sox got to make some roster moves coming up because you got, you got, People coming back from the injured list like Kike Hernandez. You have people like Nathan Avaldi, Garrett Whitlock, Chris Sale making his return soon. He's starting in Double A today, actually. So I think it's a sub question to the main question today: Is this team for real? Um, I think one of the questions I have is: Do you keep Winkowski in the rotation? My answer is yes. He's been throwing the ball really well. And although I wasn't able to see him, just the stat line dictates that he's a great starter and the Red Sox are going to have him for uh, many years to come. All right. Um, I want to see just a tiny bit more of him to sort of, you know, have to say yes to that question. But like, give me one or two high quality, one or two more high quality starts. And I feel like he's a guy that we can put into that rotation. Um, but yeah, like there are going to be a lot of roster moves. Um, a lot of guy, a lot of changes once we get guys back. But it's a, always a good problem to have. I mean, the more options, the better. So yeah, like it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, does Bobby Dahlbeck get sent down? Does Christian Arroyo get sent down? Because I think Kike Hernandez deserves a spot on the roster because mm-hmm. he can be hot and he can be cold. But yeah. I think you got to keep Jaron Duran up in the majors. I don't know about you. So. That kind of gives us a crowded outfield, because, um, I mean, you got... Because that means Hernandez comes back to play center. Um, where do you put Duran? And especially considering that we also have Ref, Ref Snyder, too. Um, 
I think you, you can put Duran in a right field. He's fast enough. I think he, he learns fairly enough. He can learn enough from like someone like Bradley, who I think we got to consider moving him or trading him because he's over his last 29 or 30. He's just doing JBJ stuff. And like, you know, this stick is just going to wear off. I mean, he can hit well at home, but he's useless on the road. And what do you know? He's oh for his last 27 or something. So yeah. like, I feel like there's more upside with guys like Ref Snyder and Duran. So yeah, I mean, like, I think moving JBJ is like definitely a good option. Yeah. Let me pull up. Let me pull up the uh, active roster real quick. Okay, so the current rotation, or the pitchers we have, who's this Silvino Bracco, Brancho guy? He's a guy that's just been called up. Anyway, like, I think our rotation right now, like, with um, Evaldi and Whitlock still hurt, is, uh, it's, Pavetta, I think, is our number one starter. He's been great. Oh, man, like, he, he really... I mean, he was, I think he was definitely one of the best parts of this whole month. He was awesome. And I think it's Pavetta, um, Waka. Waka, who's, yeah, he's been up and down eh, as Waka, a, a little bit still recently. Very, very good. Pavetta, Waka, Hill. Who's been decent. Yeah, decent. I think he's a bit more hit or miss. And then, um, Winkowski. Winkowski. It's, and it's kind of been, and the fifth spot's kind of been a bit open right now. But yeah, like I think the rotation's really held um, its own, even through all these injuries. So it's been a good thing to see. And like you know, I mean the bullpen, like f- for the most part, like although we still have a couple of walk off losses, like I think I mean it's definitely we, we've been winning close games with that bullpen. I mean like Shri- John Schreiber Holy has been cow. great. I mean like he's just razor sharp in every single outing and it's awesome to see and Strom like I think has been pretty good too but like you know I think the bullpen is definitely still something that we gotta address like you know come the trade deadline because it's something that still needs to be bolstered and like you know it's still it's still a weakness for this team and we're still we still got walked off twice this this month uh, of six losses so a third of our losses were walk-offs yeah this and I think. which the Mariners yeah Mariners oh, similar that, loss that was a t- Robles, yeah, I think we should go through the pitchers right now and review them and their month. So let's start with Ryan Brazier. You told me last night, he's very roll-, roll the dicey. Yep, he's roll the dice. I mean, I want to like him, but he's just way too inconsistent. Like, it's, you never know what you're going to get from him, and maybe keep him around but like I, i'm just i'm losing more and more confidence with him. uh-huh this is kind of what happened in 2019 he was eh, early on then he was just a disaster in july and august yeah but then it'll like you know be unhittable i, I don't know he's way to roll the dice uh tyler danish mm. i like i love i like him uh he was a guy who out of spring training had a good he had a good incredible story behind him how he was with the white Sox in like 2018 and didn't get called up then Heim Bloom, sneaky pickup, and he's been very good, in my opinion. Um, I think he does, I don't know if, how am I supposed to say this? Under situational roles, I when he's put under pressure, let's say. Yeah, because I, I don't think, I think he's inherited 12 runners and hasn't let a single one of them score. Something yeah. around that. That's very good and yeah. very valuable. Austin um, Davis, man oh man, I hated him last year, but you know, something's changed about him, I think. 
He's a valuable lefty, but he's not like a Josh Taylor. Speaking of Josh Taylor, he's making a return, I think, soon. That's which great. I think we need someone mm-hmm. like him Absolutely. back. He played such a good role last year. Um, but Austin Davis, I think he's a good lefty. And speaking of lefties, Jake Diekman. I uh, think... Anyway, uh, my opinion on Davis. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yes, yeah, so it's fine. He's fine. I think Austin Davis is a perfectly serviceable lefty. I don't think he's really stuck out in either way. So, yeah, he's worth keeping around. Uh so Jake Diekman, I think his spot's in jeopardy come the return of Josh Taylor because you can't really replace him with a righty. You don't your bullpen shouldn't be too left-handed, mm-hmm. but it also shouldn't be too too right-handed. Yeah. But I think Jake Diekman's been for the most part not bad. good. Yeah, bad. he's not been good. He he's been letting up base runner after base runner. Not been the best pickup. Um we've kind of gone over our starters. Let's go Let's continue with the bullpen because I think it's a very th- important thing to address. Robles. Uh, aside from April, he has been very bad. Yeah. While his control issue, it's very similar to his August. Mm-hmm. And then his September through April, aside from playoffs, obviously. His September through April, just really good. But then since... Oh, even even early May, he's really he really hasn't lived up to his it, expectations. You know, it's so you know? funny. Like you know, you were you. I think you like came up with like three different portions of when he was good or bad, and that's ridiculous. That goes to show he's again way too roll the dice, way too consistent, and I think we're all just tired of it. So I mean, I want to like him. He has great stuff, but he can't be consistent to save his life. So. I mean, yeah, I think I think his spot's also in jeopardy. Yeah, mm, well, but Hirokazu Saramora. Mm. I don't. This back, the back end of the bullpen is really when we're starting to reel here. It's, I don't like him. I, I think he he's he's just not. I don't think he's been very good. I don't think he's pitched very well. And I, I looked at this stat like a couple of weeks ago. It might be outdated. Like. This sort of, I mean, like, I read an article about, like, bullpen meltdowns to, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, shutdowns, and, like, basically, a, mel- a bullpen meltdown is when, you know, the performance essentially causes the win probability for the team within that game to go down by 6%, so basically, de- basically greatly decreases the chance of winning, and I think Harakazu Saramora had one of the worst, um, um, shutdown to meltdown ratios at like one to six. I mean, he just can he re- way too prone to the meltdown. Has control issues. Has home run problems. Not mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He's he's not really rolled the dice because you kind of know what to expect. It's either it's all dependent on how his splitter is. If his splitter is incredible, he's can be good. But if he Brooks Kriskies every day and. He's very bad. Yeah, and when do you know when the splitter's going to be good or bad? That's the thing. So he's You kinda, don't know. <laughs> the splitter's the roll the dice thing in that Yeah, The fastball's very average. Mm, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, he's all about a splitter, and you never know what you're going to get yeah. from it. Okay, we already kind of went over Schreiber, who... If you told me at the beginning of the year he's going to be this good of a pitcher, I'd say, what what world are you in? You know, it's funny. I think Dave O'Brien said that on a game like a couple days ago, like a very similar thing. Okay, like that was he's... my line. That was my line at the start. <laughs> okay, if you say so. That was my line at the start. I, I want to claim that. Matt Strom. Good. I, I think he's been pretty good. I think he's been easily one of our most reliable arms. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm, agreed. So it's it's a problem though that those two have kind of been like our most have been the only consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Danish, though those three have kind of been our most consistent and reliable guys. I mean, I feel like we need at least one or two more. Uh, th- these are all guys who are consistent that were not on the team last year. Mm-hmm. I take it, man. Uh, that's it's a good thing. It's uh-huh. a good thing to see. So I think it's safe to say there are a few okay, or no, not few okay, few good arms on the market. I think, David... and then a couple of bad ones. Oh wait, no, oh, wait, on the market. Arms so. on the market. Uh, yeah, there are definitely some good arms on the market. I mean, like going back to our bullpen, maybe I wonder if you agree with me on this. I feel like our bullpen is like you too. Hot and cold. I feel like we have two. We have like two or three really good guys, and I feel like we have like two. Like and everyone that everyone else, aside from though, aside from maybe Davis is just bad. Like bad. yeah, it's the whole bullpen in general is very rolled the dicey. Yeah, I, I like to say that it, mm-hmm. it, it can shine on Sundays and then can just be a complete train wreck on others. Yeah, but I know a lot of bullpens do that, but it's just you been can say, that with the Red Sox. You can say that, but I feel like that's not an excuse because I think the mm-hmm. Red Sox bullpen stands out. I mean, this team has a three and six record in extra innings. Yes, I know that was like you know um, during the beginning of the season, but they've also been walked off seven times. They got walked off twice this month. They still, like, you know, their extra innings, you never really know. I mean, they barely won last night's game. So, like, I mean, you can't really use that as an excuse. Yeah. Okay, so I think we should go over a few trade targets for the Red Sox in terms of the bullpen. Daniel Bard from the Colorado Rockies, former Red Sox starter. Yeah. Uh, In 28 and two-thirds innings pitched, he has a 188 ERA and a 10.99 strikeouts per nine. Considering that those stats come from Colorado, I, I he'd be a good addition to this team. Yeah, the only problem issue I have is walks. I don't really like the walks. Yeah, for- but the thing is, um, I really like the rest of those numbers. Although, mm, yeah, I mean he's a good guy to have. Like, he's a good guy. He's a guy worth picking up. Like a couple of the stats I don't love. I don't really love three point one six FIP. Yeah, and I don't love like love the walks per nine. But he's definitely good. Definitely a good guy to. Get like good guy to think about. I, I don't want. I don't mean to be an, a weirdo here, but kind of reminds me of Sauramora in a way. His ERA is not that high, but his FIP and walks per nine mm-hmm. are certainly one to look at. You know. Yeah. Uh, what else? Dave Robertson of the Cubs in twenty nine innings pitched. Similar stats. Uh, one eight six ERA, a three point three three FIP. A 12.10 strikeouts per nine, but a 4.03 walks per nine. Similar guy. Similar guy. Um, He's very... They're honestly... I honestly say they're interchangeable looking at these stats. Um, Yeah. God, I think... I think I'd probably put... I actually would go with Daniel Bard since he did it in Colorado. Yeah, agreed. Here's another guy who is decent. Paul Blackburn of the Oakland A's. I think he's going to be a hot target because Oakland's still looking to rebuild. Look at this. In 75 and two-thirds. I, like, I, I think this guy might be my favorite. Um, uh, a sub-three ERA, a FIP of 3.4, which I think our infield's fine. Um, a 2.26 walks per nine. I, I like, like him. I, I think I like him the most because he's shown the most innings. And, like, I'm looking at the periphery. I'm looking at some of the other stats. I feel like with relievers, you don't just want to look at ERA. I feel like you want to oh, yeah. look at some other stats. And, like, I really like the he's limiting the walks. And, like, there's not as much of a difference between the ERA and the FIP. And he's done it in a lot of innings. 
I, I like this guy a lot. I think he like I think he's my favorite. Out of yeah, the three. I, I think both the Rockies and the Athletics are very tradable mm-hmm. teams too. You and know? the Cubs. And the Cubs, but I think more of the Rockies and A's just because of trade history. I mean, look at Nolan Arenado and uh, a few of the um, Oakland Athletics returns they got for like um, Matt Olson, Christian Pache, and a few other prospects. I don't know if that's going to pan out, but a little off topic. It just my question is with the minor league being in a rebuild, how much is Hein Bloom willing to give up? But I also look at. He got Kyle Schwerber for kind of cheap last year. And he got all these other relievers like Austin Davis and Hunzo Robles for cheap. Yeah. But I don't think um, Heim Bloom should be conservative in spending. I think he not go all in either, but I think we're a bullpen, a few bullpen arms away from being good. Cause yeah, like, I think contender. Right? Yeah, I contender. Think this, like, I really think um, the starting pitching is awesome. Have you realized how great our starting pitching is? It's awesome. It's and we're, excellent. And we're and this is without Ovaldi. I mean, it has been consistently good all year. Mm-hmm. And like, who thought that? I mean, like, that's probably the thing that has impressed me the most with this team: just the starting pitching and how not just reliable, but just damn good it is. And like, you know, the hitting's been excellent too. I mean, like JD Martinez and Bogarts, I think overall continue to do their thing. The heart of the Red Sox order, too. Yeah, the the heart of the Red Sox order did their thing this month. Yeah, you know, and some guys, like, really contributed, like, um, Ref Snyder, call up at the beginning of the month. He really has played well in all facets of the game. Verdugo's had a great month. Cordero's had a great month. And just Vazquez, I mean, like, he's probably the most clutch hitter on the team. So, like, this offense is really good looking. I mean, it's just such a far cry from the beginning of the season where it was just the heart Mm -hmm. of the order and it just fell apart and had no depth. Once you got to the bottom of the order, I mean, like, it's just a great thing to see. It's great. I love it. Just, it's, here, Um, when I watch a Red Sox game and see that lineup, it's just, I usually think to myself, this is a good lineup and a reliable lineup and a deep lineup. Agreed, you know? And another guy we didn't really bring up, Tanner Houck. Oh, I love him at that closer role. Yeah. You know? I That's wish... kind of saved us. Yeah. Wish he was there. I wish he would could have gotten a shot so in toronto i i wish he you know taken a shot so he could (laughs) you know go to toronto and be our closer there and maybe wouldn't have lost that second game and won the series but but i've liked him as the closer role Uh uh-huh yeah Uh, agreed so let's go let's go to the offense a little bit um i think we kind of touched up on the bullpen and the pitching um Infielders, pretty good. Story. I oh yeah, story. Um eh. I think I, I, I remember when you were I remember in your first interview with Braden, he said that this is probably not gonna be Story's best year of the team. And I kinda get that, especially since it's you know, he's making an adjustment to a new place and again he had no spring training and even with that, I mean, although this isn't the best we've seen from him, I still think that's, you know, really good because like he's still hitting a lot of home runs he's still showing some great speed and has been very productive so like if this is like you know not close to his best we can only imagine how he's going to be when he's at his best Mm, yeah he's hitting in the 220s but he's also played great defense playing a different position from what he's used to oh yeah his errors definitely have counted though (laughs) 
Yeah, but like that's that's besides the point. But yeah, his defense, he's a valuable glove. I, I'd even argue he could be a gold glove contender, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, Bogart, the left side of the infield, Bogart's endeavors, just phenomenal. Not much um, to say there. We only... other than uh, I'm eh on Bogart's defense. Sometimes it can you know stink at times, but you know I think he's a very very As giraffe neck player. mark would say stone hands <laughs> i don't know what his problem was with defense okay another here's my question mark first base yeah franchi cordero and bobby dahlbeck bobby dahlbeck is bobby dahlbeck he's not gonna heat up until july probably if anything cordero as a recently has been hot but i i, I just look do you go and add another first baseman like josh bell I think Josh Bell, he hits for average. He has a above 300 average. He comes from the Nationals, too, who, I mean, their division's eh, but we saw with Kyle Schwarber, someone from the Nationals to go through the Red Sox makes a huge impact. And the difference with him and Schwarber, he can play first base, and he, he, he can be a corner outfielder at times. Do you want him, or do you think we're good with Franchi and Bob? I mean, I've been thinking about this. Here's the thing, like, I do like him, but, like, I don't think we need to go through a ton to get him. I actually don't, you know, it's funny, I think this, with the platoon of Dahlbeck and Cordero, and, you know, how Cordero's played pretty well, and Bobby Dahlbeck's at least played better than the beginning of the season, and, you know, the quality of Bobby Dahlbeck's defense... I think we're fine with those two platooning. I mean, like, I think with those two platooning and playing all right baseball, first base no longer becomes a hole. And I feel like it's not even as big of a, of a hole as, say, the bullpen. And I think that we should really just focus on addressing the bullpen. So, like, I honestly think I'm okay with them. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'd rather use some of the prospects toward more relief pitching mm-hmm. rather than Josh Bell. Yeah. But... I wouldn't be terribly mad if we got him. No, but I, I, I think our first base situation is fine. Yeah, I mean it's it's no longer a hole. I mean, like it is no longer a complete gaping black hole like it was a couple months ago. Bobby Dahlbeck started to hit better. Like he he's a fine defender, and you know he can heat up come the second half. And Cordero's playing great baseball, and I feel like this platoon works. But yeah, I, I'd be happy with him. But you know, like I said, would rather use prospects towards relief pitching but i think time to move on to the outfield verdugo in left i think he's heating up he can he can make me mad sometimes with just the inconsistency at the plate you know just rolling balls over but when he uses all fields he's very here's the thing with verdugo yeah i mean like verdugo is really playing well this past month i think in his last 30 games he's hitting 333 which i definitely see because he's up to the mid 260s and i remember not like you know a month ago he was in in the 230s so he's really picked it up gotten hot and you know he plays great defense in left field i think he's an excellent defensive left fielder he i mean yeah. like he he's has a two. great range i think he's a two, two. yeah, yeah two. in stratomatic terms yeah two in stratomatic terms um it's like, you know, Stratomac is like, it's a one through five defensive rating. Five's the worst, one's the best. So one yeah. would be like, who's a good defensive? Who Who's an example of a one, you think? I, I don't know. I mean, not really with left fielders. I don't know. Maybe Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill, Yeah. Actually, that's a perfect example. And then like a five would be like someone like Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to Verdugo. Yeah. And like, I think that he should really like 
stick with his stroke of up the middle, opposite field, unless he's hitting a home run. I feel like the only time Alex Verdugo should hit a ball to right field is when he's hitting a home run. I feel like, like any, other, any other hit up the middle, opposite field, because I feel like that's working, and I feel like, you know, that's kind of how his swing is built, and I think that's the kind of hitter he is. That's mm-hmm. how he's going to get a lot of hits. Yep, okay, now center field has been... Her, uh, Hernandez is got hurt. Um, then it's been Rob Refsnatter and Jaron Duran. Boy, uh, unexpected greatness from these guys, you know? Yeah, I love man. these guys. Yeah, yeah, man. These guys have been playing great. I mean, Duran really looks reinvigorated. He's, I mean, he's hitting well. He's playing good defense. He's running well. I mean, like, he really adds speed to this team. Like, the, like Duran and Story... Like, really just adds something that this team just doesn't really have, has never really had in its history. The, the Red Sox have never been a team that's, you know, had guys who could run. And it's just nice to see some speed. You yeah, know? last year, that's what we lacked. Our fastest player was, like, Kike Hernandez. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really good to see some speed on this team. And Ref Snyder, man, he's he is raking. He's getting big hits. You want to know who he makes me think of? He makes me think of Jose Iglesias. Uh, yeah. I, I, I got that vibe, but just he's an outfielder, obviously. Yeah. But Also played yeah. great defense. I think made one of the best catches of the year against Seattle. Oh, that that was insane, man. Oh. Um, then in right field, JBJ and Christian Arroyo. Yeah. Mm. I'd rather I'd rather Ref Snyder play there when Kike comes back. But yeah. I think Ref Jackie Bradley keep... Jr., let me tell you. Jackie Bradley Jr. has a very bad bat. And his defense is on the down. Yeah, it is. I mean, I feel like as an outfielder, a big part of your good defense, of your high-quality defense, is your speed. And the older you get, the slower you get. He's, I think, 32, 33 years old. His speed is not what it's used to. It's funny. Um, I think in last night's game, he was playing center field, and, like, you know, he tried to make a diving catch, and, you know, he just couldn't come up with it. Like, and I feel like... And I was thinking to myself, three or four years ago, he probably catches that. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not. I don't like to rely on diving catches, but I think Duran makes that catch mm-hmm. and a spectacular catch with his speed. Um, but, yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr., I'm willing to trade him for uh, a relief pitcher, you know? But I, it's obviously who's going to want him. And Christian Arroyo, mm, you can... I mean, obviously, you have Yolmer Sanchez right now, but... If you move Christian Arroyo to that spot and have him be your backup infielder, because I yeah. think every team needs that. Yeah, I mean he's kind of, he's kind of a utility guy. He's played all, he's played all around. I think has been okay. I mean he's a guy worth keeping around on yeah. the bench. Uh huh. Um, and then what's his name? When Duran and Kike come back, here's what I'd do. Obviously, Yolmer Sanchez send him down. Put Arroyo in his infielder slot. Mm-hmm. Put. I'm sorry, Jackie Bradley Jr. I know you're a Boston guy, but I think he's gone. Yeah. He I'd rather I'd rather better bats and better defense. Or and slightly would you say Ref Snyder and Duran are slightly worse defenders compared to Jackie? I don't even say they're worse. I feel like they're probably at his level. I mean, I feel like especially Duran, I feel like Duran's might be an even better defender. I mean like it's just like JBJ. I don't know. I think he's really. I don't think he's really stuck out as like a great defender this year. So, um, and no, I wouldn't even say they're worse. Do you think JBJ is a guy worth getting rid of? Yeah, I mean, like, 
I think I, I really like what I'm seeing from Ref Snyder and Duran. I feel like they're worth keeping more than JBJ yep. is worth keep keeping. I mean, thing is, I'm not quite sure if that'll happen because they like him. So mm-hmm. we'll see. That's that's the thing. But if I had complete control of this team, if everyone was healthy and vaccinated, here's I'd put Royal back in the infield spot, have and put JBJ off the team, keep Ref Snyder, put in Duran and Kike, but then. What would you do? Who would you start? I'd put, uh, I'd put Kike in center. I think that's his yep, that, spot. That's spot. I think that's his spot. And then Duran in right. I know right field at Fenway Park. You need to learn like left field. But I think you can learn. learn. But I think he can learn. If he can play center, if you can play center field, I feel like you can play. If right you can field. play center field at Fenway, I think you can play right. But field the thing at is with Fenway, if anything gets past you on the, if every anything goes to the wall on the right side, that's a triple or better. That's just mind. how Fenway is. So, going to have to deal yeah. with that. Um, Anyway, so we've really exhausted the players. Like, um, so yeah, like, how about, so yeah, like, this month, let's just, like, qu- like a quick recap of, like, you know, like, how, of, you know, the teams that we played this month. Um, We started off with one, finishing up one game against the Reds with a good win, and then we have the road trip from heaven. <laughs> that was a road trip that would make or break the Red Sox season, right? I, I mean, when I first saw it, I didn't like it, especially considering it came after a three and four homestand where we dropped three out of five against Baltimore and only split against the Reds. But it truly was the road trip mm-hmm. from heaven. They swept the A's, which you know, I mean, I know the A's are bad, but like Oakland, it's a team that that's a place they haven't played well in the year over the years. And then the Angels, all they did was continue their losing streak by taking three out of four with. Three one-run wins and an extra innings win, so that was three one-nothing wins. Yeah, one-nothing. So, really great efforts from the bullpen in that series, and then Seattle. I mean, aside from the disappointing, that, was, that should have been a sweep. Uh, it it's fine. I mean, like it's an eight and two road trip. I mean, that second game was frustrating, but what what do you do? You know, I didn't yeah. watch any of it. I mean, obviously, I, I've said this many times, and I'll keep saying it. Um, losses like those, and if we're in a tight run for the AL wild card i look back at that i'm like if we hung on in that game yeah but you, you know, can do that with any you other can do that with anyone other brutal loss so yeah and then like you know we continued with a great homestand we played the a's again t- took two out of three against them and took two out of three against a good st louis uh-huh. cardinals team and then we swept detroit which is a team that's mightily struggling and that and then after that, we swept Cleveland, a team, you know, that's also been playing well and on the road. That was a very good thing to see, and that got us into a seven-game winning streak. So, yeah, I mean, like, this June was really, really good. We started June 24 and 27. We ended June 20 or 42, no, sorry, 43 and 33. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ten games above 500. That's good. I'd like to see at the end of July. I know it's a bit generous, but I'd like to see us 15 games above 500. We'll see. I mean, like this this stretch in July is huge. It really is. I after mean, after the Cubs, man oh man, that 14 game series against the Red Sox and the Yankees is gonna dictate the Rays and Yankees. Sorry, the, I don't know why is that. This 14 game stretch versus the Rays and the Yankees is going to determine how this season ends for the yeah. for the Red yeah. Sox. Let's hope it goes well and it's not like how not not, not like what happened in 2019 like where mm. we started playing better and right when we got into the big division collision and I remember clearly like you know how the Rays are struggling a bit right now. Yeah. 
and I remember then when we faced the Rays at home, they were kind of struggling. They were sort of like, you know, having trouble getting their foot in. Then we face them at home and they sweep us. So that can't happen again. We sucked at home versus the Rays in tw- We have have we played them at home yet? No. No? We haven't played the Yankees at home yet either. We, the last time we played the Rays, April. April. Was, it was Greek, Greek Easter. It was Greek Easter, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, we are Greeks. All right, yeah. So after the 14-game stretch against the Yankees and the Rays, you yeah. got Toronto, Toronto at home man. for three. Thank goodness. Then you got four against the Guardians. Mm-hmm. You got a long home. You have a yeah. what? That's a, Okay, I mean, yeah. like, wow. This second half, ten of, game, you have this a ten second game. half of July is tough, along with the first three games of August, because we're playing three against Toronto, then four against Cleveland, then three Cleveland's against... Cleveland's okay. Cleveland's actually. okay, and Milwaukee's always a solid team, and then they play three mm-hmm. against Houston, so, I mean, like, after the Cubs, we got a pretty tough stretch, so, like, it's really going to show who we are. Mm-hmm. It really I, is. I'm glad we took advantage of the easy schedule. Yes. That, I mean, like, you play, you play who you play, and you just got to play well, so, a uh, very good thing to see. Um, yeah, Milwaukee is... About where we are, they're forty-four and thirty-three, mm-hmm. um, but they're in a bad division. <laughs> yeah, but um, besides the point. Um, yeah, um, I just want—I think I want to end off this episode by just saying, like, I don't know. Back to the whole playing in Toronto thing. The Red Sox have a three-game series against the Blue Jays in uh, in October. So oh, uh, I'm, I don't know. That scares in me. In Toronto. In Toronto. That's <sighs> what scares me. I mean, like, I'm just thinking, like. I don't. I don't really. I'm not quite sure if Canada will. Um, they won't. They, I'm not sure if they'll lift that restriction. Maybe they will, but just like I really hope you just decide to get vaccinated. It's that easy. Tanner Houck, Jaron Duran, because those are pivotal games. I Cutter feel. Crawford. Cutter yeah. Crawford. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. So yeah, that was the month of June. It was a fun month. It was a great month to watch the team. Like everything was firing on all cylinders. Um. Let's improve where we need to pre- be imp- where we need to improve, and maybe we can be contenders and get a big time turnaround here. Yeah, I mean, I think you don't look at the division because the Red Sox are thirteen games back in the don't division. Don't worry about the Yankees right now because they won't lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they only have twenty losses. Yeah, twenty losses. The Red Sox in like early May had twenty yeah. losses. The thing is, the, the thing is, obviously, I think since the Red Sox awful 10 and 19 start i've actually been looking and doing the math the red sox and yankees have actually played just about equally since the red sox terrible mm-hmm. start it's just mm-hmm. the red sox started off 10 and 19 in their first 29 games and the yankees started off 21 and 8 yeah uh, the Yan- i mean my my question is for the yankees are you gonna throw off clay holmes's arm because they've been using him so damn much what happened to chapman I think he's hurt, but Clay Holmes is clearly the guy you close games. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a fun series, and I feel like we have a shot at, like, you know, making some noise. So, anyway, I think that's it for this episode. Go Sox. Go Sox.